You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, a highly contagious and fatal virus has sparked a push for widespread vaccination in rabbits. It's very serious, very concerning for us, of course, because rabbit health and welfare is our mission. And nursing home staff are hopeful about the governor's health care spending plan. First, we must stop the current hemorrhaging of health care workers. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Vox Recording and Production, presenting Legacy Cast, audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity. Produced in a full-service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at rocvox.com. A highly infectious disease that has spread internationally was detected in New York State late last year, and it has ignited a movement for widespread vaccination of rabbits. My colleague Noelle Evans has this story. Kim Dahlheim is a rabbit rescuer. We've had ones out in the snow at 12 degrees. That was quite interesting, tracking rabbits through the snow. White, They were white, too. These aren't wild rabbits, she tracks down. They're domesticated rabbits that have been released outside where they generally cannot survive more than about two weeks on their own. She works with the regional chapter of the House Rabbit Society. A few months ago, she helped rescue a pregnant mother who gave birth to kits just hours after reaching a foster home. Other times, she's cared for severely injured bunnies. Where you can't believe this rabbit has been so determined to live, you just... 24 hours a day, you know, you're taking care of these these awful wounds. It's not for the faint of heart, but she says it can be rewarding. You get them healed and they're just the most loving creatures and they just, all they want to do is sit on your lap and drool happily as a puddle of rabbit fur and live the rest of their life in peace. Dahlheim currently has five house rabbits of her own and is fostering 14 others. But her work is about to get more complicated. Back in November, a house rabbit died abruptly near Albany. The cause? RHDV2, a strain of the highly contagious and deadly rabbit hemorrhagic disease virus that affects both domestic and wild rabbits. Annika Hare works with Dahlheim. It's very serious, very concerning for us, of course, because rabbit health and welfare is our mission. Death is often sudden, within three to five days of exposure. Sometimes there are no signs. If there are symptoms, that can look like fever, lethargy, seizures, and internal hemorrhaging. While there's no cure, as of about three months ago, there is a vaccine in the U.S. Similar to wasting disease in deer, the virus can spread through excrement and blood, and it can live on contaminated materials for about a month, if not longer. Things like food, water, and bedding. It can be passed directly from rabbit to rabbit or through contamination. While humans can't contract the virus, they can spread it if it ends up on their clothes or shoes. If it spreads to wild rabbits, it can be difficult to contain. Dahlheim and Hare are working on setting up vaccine clinics around the state. At Cornell University, veterinarian James Morrissey has worked with rabbits for about 30 years. 
He says his clinic recently received a shipment of a limited supply of vaccines from the manufacturer Medgene Labs. But getting them administered may be a struggle. COVID has made veterinary practices just insane. You know, our staff are being affected, so we're down people, and then the caseload is increased. So adding a vaccine clinic to an already overworked bunch of people is challenging. The vaccine requires two doses three weeks apart, similar to Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Morrissey says the first clinic could be up and running this month. If the vaccine clinic goes well, then yeah, we'll, we'll probably keep doing them. So far, there have only been a few isolated cases of the virus in New York State since 2020. But out west, it has spread across multiple states through house rabbit and wild rabbit populations, threatening to render some endangered species extinct. Dahlheim says getting more rabbits vaccinated here before a local outbreak could prevent further tragedy. Noelle Evans is a reporter for WXXI News. Hi, this is Evan Dawson from WXXI. And if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. That's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson, where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News. During her State of the State address last week, Governor Kathy Hochul announced a $10 billion plan to increase the number of healthcare workers in New York State. Tom Dinky is a reporter at WBFO in Buffalo. He talked to workers in the state's chronically understaffed nursing home industry. He has this story. Ellicott Center for Rehabilitation and Nursing is a 160-bed nursing home located just off Niagara Street in downtown Buffalo. Less than half a mile away is a McDonald's with a Tim Hortons under construction next door. Both offer hourly wages equal to, if not more, than Ellicott Center. They be like, wow, I'm working. I go down the block somewhere, make more. Ellicott Center certified nursing assistant Ishma Marshall says he's seen plenty of co-workers leave due to the low wages. Others don't even bother to show up after getting hired. Marshall, despite working there for 12 years, makes just $14 an hour. Not to not nobody job or nothing like that, but somebody can make coffee can make more than me taking care of a human being. That's crazy. New York now plans to increase the wages of healthcare workers like Marshall in hopes of both retaining them and attracting more to join the field. Governor Kathy Hochul is proposing to spend $10 billion to increase the state's healthcare workforce by 20% over the next five years. Her plan includes $4 billion to increase wages, as well as pay bonuses for workers who stay. First, we must stop the current hemorrhaging of healthcare workers. And we're going to do it, not just by saying we owe them a debt of gratitude, but actually paying them the debt we owe. 
It's not yet clear how much of that money will be earmarked for healthcare workers in nursing homes, but any funding there could be crucial, considering New York nursing homes have lost 13% of their workforce since the COVID-19 pandemic began. Staffing is a huge issue. Michael Balboni is executive director of the Greater New York Healthcare Facilities Association, a nursing home lobbying group. He argues nursing homes need help to pay their workers more, considering about 80% of their revenue already comes from the taxpayer-funded Medicaid system. New York nursing homes say it costs on average $265 a day to take care of a Medicaid resident, but that the state only reimburses them $210. Because what we've learned within the long-term care industry is that the competition on other nursing homes or even hospitals as much as it is Target, Amazon, Walmart, particularly Amazon, is paying a much higher starting wage than what a certified nurse assistant gets. And so the state Medicaid rate needs to take that into account. But some have trepidations about Hochul's plan, like Richard Mollett, executive director of the Long-Term Care Community Coalition, a nursing home resident advocacy group. He says plans like Hochul's, sometimes called wage pass-throughs, have produced mixed results. A 2010 Brown University study found states that introduced nursing home wage pass-throughs saw just a 3 to 4% increase in CNAs and no discernible increase in either registered nurses or licensed practical nurses. Those wage pass-throughs quite often don't make a substantive difference in the lives of staff and therefore in the lives of residents and consumers. And Mala is wary of handing over more money to nursing homes without safeguards, such as New York's safe staffing law and profit cap mandate. Those laws were supposed to go into effect January 1st, but Hochul delayed them for at least 30 days, saying some facilities can't comply due to the worker shortage. And if you don't have that, then essentially, you run the risk of just throwing money at the problem, and that never makes the problem go away. But the plan does have the support of lawmakers. Assemblymember Monica Wallace, a Cheektowaga Democrat, says increasing health care wages, especially in nursing homes, will be a top priority when passing the 2022 state budget. You know, this, this money is needed immediately. Uh, nursing homes are really, really struggling to make ends meet. Many of the individuals who uh, work in this industry are themselves on public assistance because the wages are just not sufficient to do the very, very difficult work that they do. As I said, they're caring for some of our most vulnerable individuals in our in our community and we need and they're doing some of the most difficult work, doing so many difficult things that we really need to pay them a fair wage to reflect the very, very difficult work they do. Hochul's plan will likely be more detailed in her official executive budget proposal, which must be released by Tuesday. Tom Dinky is a reporter for WBFO in Buffalo. You can hear and read more of their stories at WBFO.org. And that's it for Earshot. Subscribe to the pod, leave us a review, tell your friends about us, all that. And find even more local news on our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.